0: 10th chapter of Luke in verse 25. Luke chapter 10 in verse 25. Now let's look at this, uh, what the Lord's saying here. Luke chapter 10 in verse 25. If you have a say, Amen. We got three of you I'll give you another minute to get there if you, don't, if you don't have your Bible you can follow along here or if you'd like to read up on the screen I like to read on the screen let's look at verse 25 and the, word the Lord reads and the lawyer stood up and put him to the test saying teacher what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Verse 30. Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion and came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put them on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him and on the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said take care of him and whatever more you spend when I return I will repay you verse 36 says and which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands verse 37 and he said the one who showed mercy towards him and then jesus said to him go and do the same amen let me pray real quick father in the name of jesus we thank you lord for this time thank you for this time together as we look at your word i just pray that you anoint this time in a special way god speak to us holy spirit Father, let me flow in your Holy Spirit in a way to be able to communicate what you have, God. A word, God, that can help empower. A word that can help enable us to do what you've called us to do. Father, you are worthy, my King. You're worthy, my King. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Father, we need you. Forgive us for all of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, give the Lord a hand praise this evening. Amen All right, praise God. As they put my talk book on there, I want to ask you a question tonight, and I want you to ask yourself this question. And the question that I want you to ask is, or I want to ask you is, does God have your heart? Does God have your heart? And I like how we look here in this scripture. in Luke, in chapter ten, and there was a man that was a, a man that was an expert of the law, and he comes to Jesus, and he begins to inquire and asking these questions, and he says, "What shall I do to inherit eternal life?" And he goes on to say, you shall do what is written in the law. Now here we are, Jesus is speaking to somebody that's familiar with the law, that's an expert of the law, and he says, what shall I do in order to inherit eternal life? And he says, do what is written in the law, how does it read to you? And then he begins to go on to say, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus answered him and Jesus said to him, amen, you have answered correctly. He says, do this and you will live. Somebody say, I want to live. You know, as we look in these scriptures and we talk tonight about uh, this topic, does God have your heart, we begin to see right here where Jesus replies with this revealing look at the character of a truly good man versus the character of a seemingly good man. How I many you know sometimes we can try to put on a facade and seem like we're good? But God's looking at some things that determine whether we're truly good. Somebody say, God is good. He didn't like being that close to me? I'm talking to him. That's all right. Well, you're messing with me now. Somebody say, God is, good. God is good. And so when we look at this story, this story uh, clearly illustrates, Jesus illustrates that it, we are called to love our neighbor as ourselves. And he, and, and he answers this sarcastic question, which is coming from the expert of the law. Regarding who his neighbor is, amen, and he begins to share as we look in this scripture, and, he's, and Jesus replied, and he says here, he says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead, and by chance a priest, look at that, he's talking about a priest, amen, a man of God. He said, a priest was going down on the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. See, I want you to look at this for a moment, because how many of y'all know God is not uh, concerned with uh, us being just religious? But he's concerned with us having a relationship. Can I get an Amen. And we look at this and we realize in this commandment he says to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And we come to realize that God wants your heart. Somebody say God, God. wants my heart. And then he begins to give this an example of, a, of, of the story of a man who has been beat, a man has been, amen, robbed. And then he, he gives this example of these men that see this and just pass by. And one thing that we begin to see in this is that Jesus begins to speak directly to the outward acts Amen. Addressing the legalism, addressing men that go by rules and by laws, amen, men that were Pharisees, amen, people that were religious, amen, and he begins to address them in a way, telling them, amen, that it's more than just you merely following some rules, sit up, it's more than you just merely, amen, amen, doing some things that you need to do but it's actually oh amen actually it's about me having your heart see god doesn't just want good deeds but he wants your heart see the religious people were real good about Trying to do good deeds and follow rules, amen, but they didn't have it right when it came, amen, to their heart. Can I get an amen? And I love how he uses this example of a priest. And then he goes on and he uses an example, amen, of a Levite. And a Levite, amen, was from the Levitical priesthood, amen. A Levite, amen, was one that was chosen by God, amen. Are y'all with me today, amen. And these two men, amen, they saw somebody in need and they walked right by. But Christianity is not a religion, but it's about a relationship. Somebody say a relationship. Relationship. And we begin to see here, amen, the Bible talks about a Samaritan. He says, but a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And he came to him and bandaged him up, pouring oil and wine on him. And he put him on his own beast. See, in other words, what he says here is that the Samaritan did a good deed, but not because he had to, but he did it, Amen, out of love and compassion. Hello, somebody. And Christianity isn't about being required to do certain things. But it's about doing things as a result of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. In other words, you don't do it just because you have to. You do it because you want to. And God knows, amen, that if he can get your heart. He knows if he can get your heart, then everything else will follow. He knows, amen, and, 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 and so he knows if he can get your heart, everything else will follow. So in other words, doing good deeds and following rules isn't enough. That's what you call religion. Religion is about rules. But a relationship with Christ, amen, is out of a desire, in a amen, to want to do something, Amen. The Bible says that the Samaritan had compassion. There was a priest that probably followed, tried to follow all the rules. He didn't have any compassion. He didn't have a heart for somebody that was in need. There was a Levite, amen, didn't have any compassion, didn't have any, a heart for somebody in need. But there was just somebody that was just a good Samaritan that was coming by, amen. That Saul, amen, and had compassion on this man. See, God doesn't just want your deeds, amen. It's not just about doing deeds, amen, but he wants your heart. Somebody say, he wants my heart. So let me talk to you for just a moment about the heart, amen. You know, to a doctor, when we're talking about a heart, to a doctor... The heart is an organ in our body, Amen? Everybody agree? To a poet, the heart is the seat of love. We have any poets in the house? You are a poet? Praise God. To a plumber, the heart is a really good pump. To the weightlifter, the heart is the strongest muscle. To the car driver, the heart is an engine. But to God, somebody say, but to God. God. But to God, the heart is the center of our being. Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. So in other words, in the physical sense, the heart is just that. It pumps blood through our body, allowing all our muscles and organs of our body, amen, to have protection, to have substance, amen. The heart is one of the necessary organs of the body, Without it, you can have no life. There can be no life if you don't have a heart. If your heart stops, amen, your life is no longer. Are y'all with me today? But more than that, the heart is also the center of our spiritual being. Remember what I said, amen. The heart is the center of our being. It's the center of our spiritual being, amen. And the heart is actually used in Scripture, amen, and comprehended for the authentic person. Somebody say the authentic person. In other words, your heart is going to determine who you really are. And God is concerned with who you really are. He's concerned with your heart. Remember David. He said David was a man after God's own heart. Wake up son. God is good. Amen. How many of y'all want to be authentic in here? But it's also the part of our being where we desire. Amen. Amen. And where we deliberate and where we decide. It's been described as the place of conscience and decisive spiritual activity. For a person as a whole, his feelings, his desires, his passion, his thought, his understanding and will. Amen. In the center of a person. Are you all with me today? It's in your heart. And then your heart is where we find pain and we find pleasures. Are y'all with me today? Proverbs 15 and 13 says A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but a heartache crushes the spirit. And God is concerned with your heart, amen, because our heart is a memory bank of all the bad and all the good and all the things that happen to us, amen. It is our heart that we feel things, amen, whether they're painful or whether they're pleasurable. Are y'all with me today? Think about it. Have y'all heard of the word heartache, amen? Not headache, but heartache. Heartache. And it refers to pain that somebody feels in the heart. See, God wants your heart. Whenever we come to Christ, he says that I take your heart of stone and I give you a heart of flesh. See, when God comes to us, amen, and he heals us, he heals our heart, amen. Some of us, amen, we're broken, Some of us were beat down from this life, amen, and God had to come in, amen, and do healing, amen. He had to come in and give us a heart transplant, amen. Some of us had a lot of pain, amen, a lot of heartache in our life, and Jesus is saying, if you'll just give me your heart, amen, if you'll give it to me, praise the Lord, amen. I'm going to do some things that are miraculous, and so when we're talking about the heart in a biblical sense, it's not only the source of our emotion, but it's also the place where our emotional experiences stick. In other words, if you think back upon experiences that you've had in your life, you may not always be able to describe the exact details of them, but how many of y'all know, for the most part, we are always able to describe how we felt. For instance, I don't remember who it was, amen. God is good, amen. Amen. And how many of y'all know sin warps, sin warps the heart, amen? So if I'm going to go to my first point for just a moment, she puts it up there. Does God have your heart? Giving God your heart means giving Him your desires in your life. I'm going to read the scripture real quick in Proverbs 23, verse 1. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Let's look. When you sit down and dine with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you. And put a knife to your throat if you are a man of great appetite. Do not desire his delicacies for it is a deceptive food. And one thing I want to share with you is we put my point back up there. Amen if you would. Giving God your heart means that giving him your desires in your life. Because how many of y'all know if we're not careful our desires will destroy us. And not only can our desires destroy us, but they can be harmful to others as well. Amen. And wrong desires lead to wrong actions. Somebody say say that. Say, wrong desires lead to wrong actions. So giving God your heart means that you're giving God the desires in your life. Let me give you an example real quick. David... Amen. David had a desire for Bathsheba, right? And David's desire for Bathsheba, how many y'all you know it destroyed Uriah's life? And the life of Bathsheba and David's first son, amen. It left David scared for the rest of his life. And how many y'all you know we all have evil desires that we, amen, should not ignore. But in order to follow the Holy Spirit's lead... We have to deal decisively with ungodly desires, amen. And you say, Well, how do you deal with them, Pastor? Amen. I'm glad you asked. Amen. Galatians 5:24 says, We crucify them with Christ. In other words, the desires can include, amen, all kinds of different things that are obvious, right? But they can include, amen, things like selfish ambition, hatred, jealousy, gossip, gluttony, greed, amen. But how many of y'all know it's, pow- it's possible in the power of the Holy Ghost to have your desires and your habits changed? That's why God says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because he's going to change your desires. Amen. Because you're going to crucify those old desires. Amen. And you're going to let God give you some new desires. And if you walk in the Spirit, sin's power is broken in your life, amen. Because walking by the Spirit means, amen, that day by day we conduct, amen, that we conduct ourselves in a way that begins that our inner life, amen, and the desires are changed by the presence of God. And if you ask God to help you change him, he'll change him. How many of y'all know that? Amen? My second point. Give God your heart means giving him your thought life. So first you give him your desires, right? And then you give him your thought life. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, and as a man thinks, so he is. So in other words, what you believe is what directs your behavior. And what you really believe in your heart will determine the type of relationship that you have with God. In other words, you have trust or you'll have lack of trust. You'll have communication of prayer or lack of communication. And they're all determined by what you believe. And when Jesus says that we worship in spirit and in truth, he's talking about the inner life of a believer that overflows into the outer action. In other words, amen. When a defeating thought enters into your mind, you've got to take that thought captive. But how many of y'all know if you don't take that thought captive, that thought's going to take you captive. In other words, you have to have transformation of your thoughts. And God has plans for us that will prove completely satisfying to us if we're willing to follow his plans, amen. He's gonna change us, amen. And he's gonna change our thoughts, he's gonna change our actions, amen. That's why they say right here that when you love the Lord your God, Amen. You love him with all your heart, with your soul, with all your strength, with your mind. Amen. And you love your neighbor as you love yourself. My next one, my third point. Giving God your heart means giving him your emotional life. Ephesians 4.31, put that up there. Some of us, our emotions control us and rule us. That's why we manifest. (laughs) Look, he says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and glamour, clamor and slander be put away from you, along with malice. He says, Let all this be put away. Let bitterness and wrath. And anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. My next point. Giving God your heart means giving him your decisions in life. I mean, I know Adam and Eve, they disobeyed. They made a decision to disobey God. How many of y'all know decisions determine your destiny? How many of y'all know it's even to the point to where what you decide will determine where you spend all of eternity? If you decide to believe on Jesus Christ and accept his free forgiveness of sin, amen, and submit yourself to a life with him, how many of y'all know you'll live in heaven, amen, now and forever? Praise the Lord. But if you decide to ignore what God did, amen, if you decide to live for yourself, amen, how many of y'all know, amen, then you're you're making a decision that's going to affect your destiny. And the greatest decision you'll ever make is to allow Jesus, amen, to become Savior and Lord of your life, amen, and to submit yourself unto God, amen. But decisions are based off of information. And decisions are easy when God is allowed to direct your life. But He's got to have, amen, your heart in order to be able to direct your decisions. Are y'all with me today? He's got to have your heart in order to be able to direct, amen, your thoughts. He's got to have your heart in order to be able to direct your emotions. Are y'all with me today? He's got to have your heart, amen, in order to direct your life. And in our hearts, we find our passion. What are you passionate about? Are you passionate about anything? Are you passionate about the things of God? Are you passionate about a relationship with God? Hello? Are you just going through the motions? It's okay. Sometimes you just go through the motions. You need to repent. And let God come in and fill you. And let God heal you. This is not religion. It's not about following a bunch of rules and trying to be, amen, this. This is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. If it's become religion for you, you need to change it. If all you do is feel like you're trying to just live up to some standard and follow some kind of rules and that's what you got, amen. That's real tough, isn't it? But whenever you fall in love with Jesus again and you give God your heart, you're going to want to obey. You're going to want to submit. You're going to want to serve. You're going to want to help somebody in need. You're going to want to give up your life. You're going to want to give up your time. You're going to want to sacrifice. Praise the Lord. Amen. Sacrifice alone is not what God desires. Amen. Amen. But he, he desires your heart. But He knows when He gets your heart, sacrifice will come. When He gets your heart, amen, then He knows that you're going to begin to Amen. Serve his people. He told Peter, he said, do you love me? Amen. If you love me, praise God, then there's going to be some action. But how many of y'all know if we just have, amen, action, but we don't have any love, amen, or we don't have, God doesn't have our heart, praise the Lord. That's not what God wants. God wants your heart again. He wants you to fall in love with him again. Then you'll be able to love your neighbor. He doesn't say love your neighbor and then love God. He says love God and then love your neighbor. Amen. Because once you love God. Amen. You're going to be able to love your neighbor. Because God is going to have your heart, amen. And the supernatural love of God is going to be flowing through you and out of you, amen. And it's going to begin to be impact other people around you, amen. And you're going to want to do something for God because you love Jesus with all of your heart, amen. And you're going to want to worship. And you're going to want to seek the face of God. And you're going to want to pray. And you're going to want to lay down your life. Otherwise, it's just a burden to you. And if it's a burden, then you're going to become bitter. Is Christianity a burden to you? Hello. If you're trying to do it in your own strength, amen, it's a burden, I promise you. But if you do it with the love of Christ flowing out of you. And like you said, it's a privilege. But you've got to give your heart to God. You've got to love the Lord with all of your heart. Amen. And sin interferes with that. In our heart, we find our passion. What are you passionate about? Can I get the worship team to come forward? God your heart you're going to find healing you're going to find yourself able to forgive because God has your heart Don't become religious. Religion doesn't have any power. But how many of y'all know without God having your heart, it just becomes religion. It just becomes works. That's it. don't want to become religious the things of god become a burden to you the people of god become a burden to you what do you see when you see somebody in need what is it, what do you see do you feel compassion or do you see a burden What is it that you see? Man when when Jesus saw the condition of the people The Bible says he felt compassion for them. Cuz he knew that they were people without a shepherd. They were people without a shepherd to guide them. What do you see when you see people? broken in need hurting tore up that's why God says delight yourself in the Lord and I'll give you the desires of your heart because God's going to begin to take and change your heart cuz when you give your heart to God he's going to begin to flow supernaturally through you and the love of Christ is going to flow out of you and it's a love that's unconditional unconditional it's not based on condition Thank you, Father. Come on, stand to your feet.